You are listening to episode 32 of Tried and True with Caroline. This is part two of the three-part series of Potential. Today's topic is maximizing your productivity. So I felt like productivity has a lot to do with our potential and what we are able to bring to the table as far as our business, our family, our jobs, whatever it is that you are doing, are you optimizing yourself and living up to your truest potential? When I thought about all of that, I basically broke it down into three specific topics. The first topic is time management. The second topic is enhancing your focus. And the third topic is procrastination. So before I get into those details for today's podcast, I just want to do a quick recap of the potential part one. And if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back to listen to that episode. It's not like you can't listen to this one first, you can, but that one just kind of sets the stage as far as what potential is and why I decided to create this triad of podcasts. The first thing that I asked you to do for episode one was to come up with a word list that you associate with what you're doing in life right now or how you're feeling right now in life. Five words. How do those words make you feel? Do you have realistic goals set for yourself for the rest of this year? What is holding you accountable to those things? And how are you keeping track of what you're doing? All of that being said, I know that that's a laundry list of things, but it's I definitely break things down in in the first episode for you to go back and listen to. But I feel like the only thing that maybe I forgot to include in that is doing future letters from yourself. So what do you hope to accomplish maybe in three months? Or maybe what do you hope to accomplish by the end of July? What might you hope to accomplish by the end of August? And writing yourself letters, instead of writing what you hope comes true or what you hope to complete and finish, write your letters as if it has already been done. So you're already kind of future casting yourself into that space and you're already feeling what that feels like, because that's your perception of what it's going to feel like. That's one thing that I encourage you to do is to go back. And if you've already planned out for the month of July, write yourself a future letter from yourself as if it's already the end of July and you've accomplished all the things that you set out to do. And what would you tell yourself? And that's what I want you to be focusing on, on a daily, is reading that letter that you have from yourself, because it's a continuous reminder of the goals that you have set in front of you, and that you do have the capability of achieving them. Let's start out with time management. I thought that it would be a good start for you to understand that there are 168 hours in a week. It's simply 24 times seven. And 
as long as you know that, then you're looking at, okay, I'm going to start deducting how many hours I spend sleeping. How many hours do I spend at work? And if you are an entrepreneur and you work from home or you're working wherever you are in your office space, whatever it is, how many realistic hours are you devoting to your job? What are your play hours? And play hours meaning that you can just be frivolous with. If you know that you meet up with a certain group of people once a week for lunch or for coffee or for drinks or whatever it may be, and you spend two to three hours with them every Friday or every Wednesday, whatever it is, note that. If you have any obligations, um, if you have kids and they play sports or you have to be pick, dropping them off and picking them up and they go to after school things or whatever it is, you want to make that notation. If you exercise or if you do any type of movement, how many hours a week do you spend doing that? So once you have all of the staple things that don't really change in your calendar on a weekly basis, add up all of those hours. And then from there, that gives you your total of hours that you have to devote to whatever it is that you are trying to accomplish and get done. By doing that, you're actually looking at it from a realistic perspective in that if you're saying that you're going to spend, you know, 10 hours a day working on a business outside of you having a full-time job and you having all of these other responsibilities, it's not really a realistic expectation unless you plan on scheduling time in about two months to three months for burnout, because that's probably what's going to happen. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe you're superhuman and you can do all the things. But I'm looking at this from a realistic perspective. When you have all of your hours accounted for and you look at the amount of hours that you have left, then divide that by seven. Whatever that, whatever that number is, divide it by seven because there's seven days in a week. And look at the numbers then. Look at the hours then. And then you see on a daily basis, for the most part, what you have left to work with daily. And then from there, you start plugging in your time commitments and what you want to allocate for different things. And I will put that in a, in a, in a Google Doc and I'll include that um, as one of the downloads for the podcast. So I just thought that that would be a good eye opener for you to start if you haven't already started planning in that way. And at least it already puts on the calendar and blocks out all of the staple things from a day-to-day perspective. All right. There's three things that I've allocated for time management. I have assigning priority, allocating the correct amount of time for your tasks, and understanding the natural rhythm of how you work. Let's go back to assigning priority. If you know that you have three hours a day to devote to this goal that you are working on, and there might be a list of 20 things that go along with this goal, 
choose the first top three things about this goal that you want to complete and finish. And that's what I mean by prioritizing and assigning those specifics in a number order. Day one, maybe this goal you're, you're anticipating is going to take you seven days to complete and you can only work on it three days a week. Then that means essentially it's probably going to take you between two to three weeks to finish this project, whatever it may be. That's what I mean by assigning priority to things. Make your list of what needs to be done to achieve this goal, to finish it, and then assign a numerical value to what needs to happen first, what needs to happen second, what needs to happen third. And then from there, maybe one thing might have to take you three hours to do. And maybe the second thing only takes you 15 minutes to do. But that's what you're going to have to learn as you go is how long things take you. Because I know that I think it's natural for the brain to just go back to, oh, we have these such lofty ideas that we're going to be able to accomplish and finish something in X amount of time. And if we're not great at managing our time, we most of the time underestimate what it's going to take us to finish that project. Assigning priority to that thing, all right? Now we have allocating the correct time for the task. So that's what I was just saying. By us significantly looking at how long we really, really think that it's going to take us based on prior experience of doing things, we can somewhat guesstimate approximately how long this thing is going to take us. And by doing that, we're setting ourselves up for success instead of constantly setting ourselves up for failure because we're not allocating the correct amount of time. And then the third thing is creating a natural rhythm or a natural understanding of how we work. If we know that at the end of an hour, we need to go for a walk or we need to take a brain break or we need to, you know, drink some water or go and have a healthy snack of some kind or go outside and put your feet on the ground and just be in in outside air as a breath of fresh air. Maybe you need that. And it's understanding how your body best works in a work environment, whether you work in an office space, whether you work at home, wherever it is that you work, how does your body optimally operate? And by understanding that, you begin to learn that, okay, maybe first thing in the morning, this is whatever task I think I've scheduled for myself, my brain is not really engaged enough to be able to think in that, in that way during this time. Or maybe you are a morning person and you're, you're the, the best early, early in the morning before the sun comes up. Or maybe you do your best work at night after you've done all the things that need to be done and you can devote all of your energy to this specific goal that you have. It's learning the ebbs and flows of how you perform your tasks the best. So that is time management. The next topic is enhancing your focus on what it is that you're doing. 
And this is a big one because when we lack the focus, when we are working on something or trying to accomplish a goal and we're constantly being sidetracked and distracted from what we're doing, it obviously takes longer than it probably needs to. I wanted to make this an important part of today's podcast. Being mindful of what you're doing, setting up your work environment so that it's it's everything is readily available to you in that space, and limit the amount of times that you are multitasking. So those are the three things that I have bookmarked for enhanced focus. So being mindful of what we're doing. If you are working on a task that requires you to have, maybe you're uh, doing a blog post or you're uh, having to complete, I don't know, some kind of chart or document for, for work, and you don't have all of your data in front of you ready to go, then you are going to be going through and maybe you have to do internet research or you have you know, all of your papers in front of you, but you still have to put things together in order to do this particular assignment or job that you have to get finished. So being mindful of what task you are going to be doing is going to, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's going to cut down on the brain power that it will take for you to actually finish that if you already know going in what it is that you need to complete that task. And that way you're not sitting there and you're just looking at a bunch of paper or you're looking at a blank screen and then you're like, oh, well, I forgot to do research over here. So now I've got to go look this up and I've got to go pull this file and I've got to go put this together and I've got to create the graph and I've got to figure out what I'm, how I'm going to outline the graph and all the things. If you know going in already what you have to do then do your best to have everything that you need already laid out so that all it, all it means for you is plugging in your information and completing the task, setting up your work environment. Obviously I don't know where you work and I don't know how you work best, but if you're, let's say, for example, let's say Right now, your your workspace is your kitchen table or your countertop or if you work at home um, or maybe your workspace at work because you have a job that you go to every day is, I don't know, a cubicle or maybe you're a teacher and you have a classroom and you have a desk or whatever it is, whatever your workspace is, it would be so beneficial for you to set up your workspace so that it is ergonomic to you. Not how you see something set up in a magazine that looks all great and wonderful and HGTV to the max, but it's how you work specifically. If you see that the the rage is like a stand-up desk with a treadmill under it and all the things because you have to be getting in your steps and talking to people and finishing up paper or whatever it is that you're doing all at one time, and that does not work for you, then you are not going to be at your optimal in doing so. If you enjoy sitting at a desk, then you just take more walking breaks or you take standing up breaks, whatever it is, but make sure that your work environment is set up 
to where you are the most productive. If you like to have nothing on your desk but a laptop and or your computer or maybe you don't even use a laptop, maybe you handwrite everything, I don't know. But however you feel like you work best, that's what your desk or workspace needs to reflect. If you need to have everything organized and color-coded files and you only have four things on the top of your desk because you like space, then that's how your brain that's how your brain is going to create the best. If everything is cluttered everywhere, you're not allowing your sp- yourself the space to think and to be in a calm inducing environment. So take note of where you're working. If it is at home or if it's at your job or wherever it is, look at your space and actually really look at how you work. And would it be beneficial for you to really maybe reorganize things or just do an inventory of what's around you to see if anything could shift that would make you feel better energetically because that will then create more productivity within you. And the last part of enhancing your focus is limiting your multitasking. In today's society, everything is so overloaded with all the things. You know, you're checking your Instagram, you're checking your LinkedIn, you're checking Twitter, you're looking at your computer, you're looking at your phone, you're take you're checking your voicemails, you're answering your phone at work, you're logging into your email here, you're logging into your personal email here. Everything is like, it's sensory overload. um, And it's also just energetically overloading at times. In order for us to be concentrated and focused so that we're not wasting time, so that we're not working on a goal for three months that we could have gotten done in one or two settings because we're constantly being distracted. And that's what I mean by limiting the multitasking. If you know that you want to get done with X thing, then set your timer and tell yourself that in this amount of time, without any distractions, barring any emergencies that might come up, you are going to finish this and you're going to set yourself up to be the most productive as possible. Everything will be in order. You'll have everything you need in front of you so that you can start to see the small wins in being that organized and ready to work and do the thing. So for example, if you are recording a podcast and you've never done this before, I would say that, yes, you could just go sit in front of the microphone and talk, but you might forget what you wanted to say or so before I do any podcasts, I always make sure that I have notes in front of me. I've got my bullet points of things that I want to talk about that I want to make sure that I don't miss. Because when we get into the into talking about the thing, whatever it is that we're talking about, there's a good chance that I might miss something. And I want to make sure that I include as much as I can to make this a well-rounded and well-thought-out time and space because I value my time as much as I value anyone who wants to listen to the podcast. It does take time, and it's just something that you have to get used to. 
And when you're very prepared to do the thing, then it just makes whatever it is that you're doing that much more enjoyable as well as more thorough in its completion. So that was enhanced focused. The last topic that I want to talk about is procrastination. The three things that I have under procrastination are why aren't you doing the thing? What is it costing you? Mental buildup, stress, anxiety, all created by you. So that is my procrastination little setup there. Why would I say limiting beliefs? What do limiting beliefs have to do with procrastination? Well, I believe that it has a lot to do with procrastination because when you don't really believe that you can do something, you're going to procrastinate in doing it. Yes, there are times when people just don't want to do the thing and they procrastinate because for whatever reason, they know that it might be too simple and they're just, they know that they can do it in five minutes and it's done and over with and that's it. Nobody has to worry about it. But there's also, I think, more of a likelihood that you don't believe that you can do the thing or you're just dreading it. You just don't want to do it for whatever reason. And that's something that I think is worth looking into. So the first part I have is why aren't you doing the thing? So whatever this goal is or whatever this thing is that you keep saying you're going to do, but you don't do it, you know, inevitably it needs to be done, but why aren't you doing it? What are the feelings that come up when you think about this thing that you're supposed to be doing, but you're not doing? And if it's thoughts of, of dread and you just like, it just rubs you the wrong way or you just have this like unease in your stomach. Those are things to look at and to, and to hopefully understand, because if this is something that you have to keep doing for your job, it's going to energetically wear you out by looking at why you aren't doing this thing. Maybe you need more coaching in it. Maybe you need someone to help you understand how to do this task better so that you feel more comfortable when it's assigned to you. And by doing that, you're giving yourself more of an opportunity to be open and to not dread that specific thing. So taking note of why you don't want to do this thing repeatedly. The next thing is, what is it costing you? So by you not doing this, what is it costing you? Let's say, for example, that you are, you have to complete a report or you have to do something for your job and you were told about this report two weeks ago, and now it's due tomorrow. One of your coworkers wants to get together after work and go have coffee or dinner or whatever it is. Now, because you didn't finish this project and it's due tomorrow and you know that it's going to take you like three or four hours, you're going to be up until all hours of the night finishing this. And you know that if you go out, there's a really good chance you're really not going to want to do it. What is that costing you? It's costing you time. It's costing you freedom. It's costing you. Now it's costing you anxiety. It's costing you stress. It's costing you peace of mind. Like these are things that obviously don't have a price value on them, but it's still costing you something. Now, what if, you know, what is your, you know, your boss going to think if, if this is not, you know, the greatest thing and if it's, if it's late or, we could just go down the rabbit hole with this. 
look at what it is that it's costing you by you not doing it. Let's say you've been saying that you're going to get yourself on an exercise plan or you're going to start eating better or you're going to take up, um, you want to write a book and you said you were going to start doing this five months ago. If you would have started that five months ago, you'd probably be at least halfway through your book, depending on how long this book is going to be. But instead, you keep procrastinating and it's costing you that dream of you wanting to write this book. It's costing you a healthier lifestyle because you keep saying you're going to start tomorrow every time the opportunity presents itself for you to go have dinner with someone or you go out for dessert or you keep choosing to um, choose the wrong foods that are not helping you on this journey that you want to be on that you keep talking about. So looking at what it's costing you by not doing the thing in procrastination. And the third thing is the mental buildup of the stress and the anxiety, the so-called how many times you've said that you're not going to do this thing or you're going to start it tomorrow. All of that builds and I visualize it like you just keep putting one more paper on top of the stack on your desk. Every time you say, I'm going to start that tomorrow or yeah, I'll just get to that next week. Those papers and those things just keep piling up on the table. And it does the same thing internally. When we keep doing that, we keep layering and layering and layering the energy of us not completing something or putting something off. And it basically like creates this like gunk inside of us that keeps us stuck it's like when you have a squeaky door and then we oil it so that it moves it moves easier and it doesn't doesn't squeak anymore well that's kind of like when we're when we're working through these things that we want to do in life and then this it everything like kind of fills up with gunk and it makes us hard to like move forward and it keeps us stuck and that's what i mean the gears don't move as smoothly and that's what I'm trying to help teach you to move out of is that that stuck energy. If I don't understand something, it's going to someone and saying, hey, can you help me with this? Because I have this project due next week and I need some more guidance on what I need to do to complete this. Instead of sitting around and being like, oh, my gosh, I have this report. It's going to take me forever. I don't know what I'm doing. And you're just sitting and you're wallowing in it and you're building the anxiety, you're building the stress and it's unnecessary. Those are the three things, time management, enhancing your focus and procrastination. For time management, I'm going to go back to that. I've come up with 10 things that you might want to take into consideration as you are looking at your time management structure the way that you have it now. So the first thing I would say is make sure that you're setting clear goals for yourself. You are prioritizing your tasks, like I had said before, with what needs to be done. Like if you want something finished today and you know that it's you're capable of finishing it today, then make that one of your top three things that you finish today. 
You can also use time blocking or what I would call like batching your time. So if you know that you have three hours a day to allocate and you're, it's free time, like you can do whatever you want with these three hours a day and there's three different projects that you would like to work on simultaneously, then maybe you block that into, I'm going to take one hour for this, one hour for this, and one hour for this today. Okay. And that's what I mean by time blocking or batching. And that way you're not worrying about distracting your energy into trying to change the train of thought by going back and forth in those three hours to do multiple different things. Have your brain focused on one thing for one hour and then you can switch off to the next thing. Because when you start to try to have your brain doing all of these tasks, you're losing the brain power and the energy to do that one thing that you could be fully committed to for that time frame. Breaking your tasks into smaller steps. So again, if I'm looking at, I want to redecorate my entire closet. Sure, you probably could do that in one day, but it would require you to do some legwork in the prior days before you do the whole closet redo. Because if you empty out your whole closet and you're like, oh, well, I need this and I need this and I need to paint and I want lighting and I want, I need, you know, cabinet space and I need drawers and I need organization things. Then you're out running all over creation to find the things and it's going to take you more than a day. So making sure that you have your larger tasks broken down into smaller things so that you can be fully prepared to complete that one thing when you say you're going to get it done. Eliminating time-wasting activities. If you are not easily distracted by going on social media and checking email and checking voicemail and all of the things, then kudos to you. But eliminating those time-wasting activities, I would rather see you doing like, if you need to take a, a, a brain break, instead of going on Instagram, I would do breath work. I would do taking deep breaths. I would go outside, stand in get some sun on your face, go outside, stand on the ground, be in energy, be in the earth energy outside of the office space or outside of the interior of your home, get fresh air. That's what I would not consider a time-wasting activity. Two-minute rule, and that is if you can do this task very quickly and you know that, let's say you have laundry to fold and you know that it's going to take you no more than 10 minutes to finish that thing. Instead of putting it off and, and knowing that, that that pile could sit in your room or on top of the dryer for two days if you don't fold it now, I would go ahead and take the 10 minutes and fold the, the laundry and be done with it. So if you know that this is not a task that's going to take lots of time, brain power, and organization, then do it right then and there. I did talk about multitasking, that we should reduce the amount of time that we multitask because I think that it allows for more productivity, but that does take getting used to if you are used to multitasking. Productivity tools, maybe you have uh, an online planner, maybe you uh, use some of these online planning, you know, things like Asana or ClickUp or... Um, because you have many people on a team, uh, maybe you have Notion or you use a Trello board to keep, you know, your projects in order, whatever it may be, use whatever works for you. 
if doing something digitally doesn't work for you, then don't worry about doing it digitally in organization. If it works better for you to take a piece of computer paper and jot down what needs to be done for the day, whatever you learn that works for you, then do that thing. Whatever makes you the most productive. Taking regular breaks, and that could be taking regular breaks from whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe you have been working nonstop for the past 10 days and haven't really taken a break, a day break at all. Then I really encourage you to take a half a day break for yourself and just kind of shut it all off and, you know, go to the park or go to the beach or go walk around the city or go to, uh, you know, go to a monument if you live in a, a city that has lots of monuments and walk around and just be in your city as a tourist would be a great break from the norm. And then at the end of the day or at the end of your work day, whatever time you have, maybe delegate, you know, 10 to 15 minutes at the end of your day before you do your nightly brushing your teeth and all the things to get ready for bed. Jot down what you felt worked the best for you today, a sentence or two. And if something didn't work, why didn't it work? And maybe jot that down. And always reflecting on your days to see where you were the most productive and where you weren't the most productive and learn from that because tomorrow is a new day and it's an opportunity for you to put in place maybe something new that you weren't doing the day before that is going to help you be more productive. Or maybe you realize that you're still overextending yourself and you need to rework what your day looks like, but always looking at it in a way that you are optimally working at your highest potential. Time is a gift and we never know when we won't have that gift of time. And it's capitalizing on that time in the most ergonomic way possible, where we are getting all of the things in that are the most meaningful to us. That is my podcast today for maximizing your productivity. So I encourage you to go back if this if you haven't listened to the part one of potential, go back and listen to it. And then maybe this one will make more sense to you. I hope that you at least got um, a few takeaways in this in this episode. One of the things that I've really enjoyed using lately, it's called Brain.fm, and it's an app. I forget how much it is. I don't. I think there's. You can pay for it for the year, and then you can pay for it monthly. But it's actually a really cool app, and I've used it for multiple purposes. I've used it for to enhance productivity like as far as if I want to feel energized while I'm working it asks you like how long you want to listen to it what's your you know what are you trying to achieve in doing this are you relaxing are you studying are you trying to be creative and it takes you through this list of of prompting words and then it gives you music to listen to I I've really really enjoyed using um, this app a few more things that I would encourage you to try. Binaural beats, if you are not driving, but you are at home, you are in a space where you can be relaxed, I definitely encourage binaural beats. Solfeggio frequencies, 
taking regular brain breaks like from work, doing something creative. Maybe you're just doodling on a page. Maybe you're online. You can do, I know there's like painting activities that you can do if you have an iPad or maybe you just have markers and crayons or paint at home, but do something artistic and creative, even if it means you're drawing stick figures or coloring a coloring page. I know it sounds very elementary and very kid-like, but there's parts of us that still need to be in that space of relaxation and just there's no there's no like judgment in this. It's just you being artistic. Definitely meditation because that quiets the brain and it allows the brain time to just be. It gives it a break from thinking. Going outside experiencing just the outside. Obviously, it's been very hot here in Florida and it's been hot in many other places. So as long as this is not putting you in in any type of heat uh, constraint or something like that, but just going outside and being in the fresh air would do you good. Obviously, exercising and listening to your favorite music also gives the brain a break and it gives you a break. There's certain music that you enjoy listening to that also will elevate your, I don't know, mood, which will then hopefully create more productivity. So that's about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to know how you are implementing these productivity hacks and uh, little tips inside the um, show notes area. There is a link that goes to the podcast space where my podcast is hosted. And when you click on that, that link, it, when you get to the page, if you look up to the top, right, there's a little tab that says, leave a voicemail. And if you would like for me to answer a question, um, in my next podcast, then please go ahead and go to the website and leave me a voicemail so that I can answer your question during the podcast time. Have a great rest of your week and thank you so much for listening.